Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. We just want to cover the big the big headline today. The big headline this week, maybe this month, maybe this year, maybe this millennium, is that a certain iconic couple, iconic in a good way, iconic in a bad way, who's to say, Benjamin, Benefer, however you want to mash their names up, are back together, question mark. They went to Montana on a weekend trip. What are your thoughts, Devin, off the bat? What were, what's your first reaction to this? To be honest, I was never a huge Benefer person. I was never really like waiting on the sidelines for them to get back together because... Me neither. Look, at, I have a life too, okay? Because... I think she's so much better than him and out of his league that I'm just like, really? Like, what? But I think that at the same time, it's exciting for any celebrity couple to reunite just to know that that's possible. (laughs) And I'm down for someone, people in their late 40s, early 50s having a whirlwind tabloid romance. Yes. I am in full support of that no matter what. And yes, I did enjoy reading the Daily Mail headline about it. Yes, I did enjoy seeing the pictures of them sort of semi-holding hands outside a private jet. And so I do support all of that. It just wasn't... I just... I hope it's just a rebound fling for her because I want bigger and better things for her. So... When I found the news, I immediately ran to a doorway and just situated myself there because what I felt was an earthquake. And look, I was not waiting for this couple to get back together. I'm not waiting for Brad and Jen to get back together. I'm not waiting for anyone to get back together. I 
just loved it because A-Rod, listen, I don't think Jen should be embarrassed. I don't think any woman should be embarrassed by the actions of a significant other. But you are. Nevertheless, (laughs) you are. When you are cheated on or whenever a guy pulls a fast one on you, there's embarrassment involved. And I can't even imagine that on a public sphere after like the biggest year of your life. I really can't. That must be so confusing. And this guy who's professed like publicly his love for you over and over again, then for him to like have weird like iPhone hookups with a reality TV star when he has you, that just is mind boggling. And after you've sort of even wed your families together for years, I just can imagine being like, what just happened to my life? Anyway, everyone dreams of, I hope this is true for everyone and not just me. Everyone dreams of like your ex seeing you on social media, like cuddling up with someone that they would be jealous about. Yes. Like, okay, I I would even fantasize about it. Like, oh, my ex would see me like this person walking down the street or would see an Instagram story with me canoodling with this person. I'm like 31 and still have like fantasies like that. But she really knocked it out of the park with a Boston Red Sox fan, Ben Affleck. She really knew how to... A, get the narrative back, and B, how to be like, fuck you, A-Rod. Listen, I don't think Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck is a crazy phoenix rising from the ashes on his back. I'm not like really into him. I think he's really full of himself, but I think he is a great person to get revenge with. It's sort of like Olivia Wilde hooking up with Harry Styles. I'm like, listen, I don't know if you should marry Harry Styles. I don't know if that's a lifestyle you want to attach yourself to, this wild rock and roller. But if you're getting out of a marriage and you need someone to sort of bring you back to life, I would recommend Harry Styles. Yeah, I think also, you know... I really respect the move she made because I did read somewhere that Ben had been reaching out to her for a while, quote, which is like, I know that we can't believe all the tabloids. I know that, you know, there's been really horrible crimes committed by the tabloids, to be honest. Uh, yeah, circa 1990s when um, we had a princess. Yeah, exactly. But... I can believe that Ben was reaching out because I did see the Twitter video of the girl who posted herself, a TikTok of herself saying that um, she matched with Ben Affleck on Raya and then she unmatched him because she didn't think it was really him. And then he sent her a video saying, hey, why'd you unmatch me? It's me. And she insanely posted that video on Twitter, just blasting him. So it just seems he's in a desperate place. I can totally see him. He posts Ana de Armas. He's just like in his bed, six empty Dunkin' Donuts size large um, iced coffee cups around him, an, an empty box of donuts. And, and Are you saying that you and him are uh, avatars for each other? <laughs> No, because I don't even know what that 
means. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you think you're saying that you could have been Ben Affleck in another life? Um, I'm just saying that. Yes, sure. I could have. I I strongly relate to this. I strongly relate. Okay, all to, I'm gonna say is I'm gonna say a few similarities. That's all I'm gonna say. There's a few He's similarities got- between us. He probably has like a bunch of empty cigarette packs on his bed too. Been there, and I can totally see him just opening up his phone, scrolling through, sees Jen with a million hearts next to it, and just texts her. Hey, what's up? Then <laughs> it's so- then it's accidentally it's Jennifer Garner and he's like, oh shit. And she's like, wait, I thought you were just like, are you trying to schedule visiting the kids? And he's like, um, yeah, sure. Then he goes back in his contact, scroll, scroll, scroll. And he's like, oh yeah, I saved her as JLo, obviously. What, who am I kidding? So then he texts JLo and he's like, you up? And she's like, yes, because I wake up at 4 a.m. to work out and I don't drink or do anything bad like you. I don't even think it's I don't think people are saying you up anymore. I think it's stuff like hi, period. You think he texted her hi, period? That's really funny. Yeah, I can see that. Hey, period. (laughs) You know, when it's just like you add the period to make it like really like sexual. I think that I'm sorry. I'm pulling. I'm going to go back to the similarities between Devin and Ben. Okay, I'm sorry. I was trying to get my joke out, so I couldn't pause for your joke. I'm sorry. Okay, Devin did almost get a Phoenix Rising from the Ashes tattoo. Thankfully, the tattoo artist was an angel sent from heaven and would not do that to anyone. But Ben, unfortunately, did have someone say yes to that. Devin also um, is a big fan of Boston and Irish people. Ben obviously um, encapsulates those things. I'm not a fan Devin, of that. I, <laughs> I'm just from an love, I, I'm just in an Irish family from Boston. I'm not like I love Irish families from Boston. I mean, I love my family. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> also, the Dunkin' Donuts. The Dunkin' Donuts of it all. Although yesterday or two days ago, I went to Dunkin' and my coffee was shit. Sometimes you have to accept that when you get a batch of Dunkin', it might be shit. And then you have to go home and chug some Trader Joe's cold brew. And then you have a heart attack and then you go to work. I Back to what you were saying, though. First of all, I think Jen J-Lo is saved in his phone like girls save their boyfriend's name in a phone where it's surrounded by emojis. Yeah. It's like J-Lo. Heart, blue heart, Christmas tree, present, celebration. That (laughs) is what I do. Um, In parentheses, my oxygen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that he texted her. There was, I saw once at the Oscars, there was footage of him going up to her and w- they were both married at the time and he went up to her and whispered something at her and she just like laughed and elbowed him to like leave. And I remember thinking, oh, what they had was certainly real. It was certainly a manic whirlwind romance back in the early 2000s, but it was certainly real. And I think they just always had that, that that little spark that little flirtation rather well she said in an interview that she was like it was just a we happened to get into a relationship at the birth of like the tabloid craziness and if it had she literally said if it had been another time or a different thing it would have worked out because there was real love there well also he recently so he recently came out and said 
what the tabloids did to her was not fair. They were racist. They said horrible stuff they would never get away with today. Yeah. And I'm sure he's right. And I think that it was smart. I think that it was right that he came out and said that. And I think it was protective of her. I did think it was interesting to suddenly be talking about her out of nowhere right around the time that her relationship was disintegrating. I know. It's so interesting the games that celebrities can play. Like, remember when, speaking of this, which I'll get to in a second, a song from our Spotify, a first official True Romance pod Spotify playlist, Codependent Anthems, the song Back to You, was clearly, by Selena Gomez, was clearly released to directly contact Justin Bieber because the whole song is like, basically, you destroy my life, but like, I'm obsessed with you and I know I'll go back to you. And he immediately proposed to Haley Bieber slash Haley Baldwin after the song came out, which was devastating. But I remember when that song came out thinking like, oh, so imagine if like, instead of just you don't even have to have the humiliation of like texting someone. You can just make a comment or a release a song and then dreams get to the person. And then if they ask about it, you can be like, wait, what? I was just saying like, I thought the tabloids were bad. I wasn't trying to reach out to you. Like imagine that power. I can't, I can't imagine that power. It makes me think of, okay, Robin Wright. Yes. AKA princess from the princess bride was uh, married to Sean Penn for years. They had a breakup. Then he was dating like Scarlett Johansson. All the- now he's married to a girl who's younger than me. So God bless. Um, and But at the time he was dating like Charlize Theron or whatever. She was dating this actor, Ben Foster. In a Vogue interview, she says, I, she says when she's asked about Ben Foster, I have never read more, I have never laughed more, and I have never come more than with Ben. <gasps> and I was like, holy shit. First off, wow. Second off, great line. For me, though, as someone who analyzes relationships all the time obsessively, I was like, so you are yelling at Sean Penn through this interview. Like, this is just as right. much as it, it's a compliment at Ben. You're, like, throwing the middle finger at your ex. Which I love. Yeah. Which I love and is hot. But but would I have been Ben in that situation? I would have been like, can you not? You know what I mean? Even though it's a right. compliment, it would you would you would still sort of see that that thing where if someone is still bothered by their ex unless their ex stole all their money or something, there's a little bit of like, so what do you need from them still? Do you need them to know that they fucked up? Do you need, you know, what What are what are you missing from this relationship? Right. Do you have full closure yourself? But that was a tangent just off of, yes, I would love to be able to release a single, release rare like Selena did after um, Justin and Haley got married where she said, you know, I'm so rare basically saying like you are never going to have someone like me or at least that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, I you know, all of this is to say please please follow us on Spotify, True Romance Podcast <laughs> on Spotify. Our first playlist is Codependent Anthems. I listened to it in the car. I happened to have a road trip coming up right after I made this playlist in conjunction obviously with friend of the pod Tess Sitzman who is a famous playlist um entrepreneur. So she helped me make this and I just was blasting it in the car, loving every minute of it. 
Um, so check it out. I want to just mention um, a couple of lines that I think really stand out as uh, codependent, as the French would say, codependent, as we would say, slash uh, toxic, slash unwell, slash seek uh, medical attention on the Headspace app immediately. One being from probably the most insecure attached song of all time, The Cure by Lady Gaga. The lyric, if I can't find a cure, I'll fix you with my love. And if you say you're okay, I'm going to heal you anyway. Just so coda. It hurts my heart. I relate so much. No wonder she was able to channel that in A Star is Born because that is just the, the heart of codependency. Lady Gaga has also given us one of my favorite songs, which is You and I, and one of my favorite music videos, because I think it's like a poem, truly. It's also where she dresses in drag as a version of herself. And the lyrics are, I'll give anything again to be your baby doll. This time, I'm not leaving without you. And at one point, she goes into the, she looks into the camera and says, six whole years, and it's sort of this back and forth that she had with a boyfriend at the time. But the chorus is all about you and I. Like, I'm not leaving. Sit right down in the chair where you belong. Right. Um, I have nothing if I don't have you, Whitney Houston, RIP, Rest in Paradise. But that is a very codependent line. Be careful if you want to lose touch because when I love you, I love you too much. Carly Rae Jepsen, also clearly not the wellest person for actually thinking that Call Me Maybe was a song worth poisoning the universe with. Um, just everything Taylor does and says. She's um, grown a lot. She's grown a lot. But if anyone has used their songs as swords at X's, it's definitely been Taylor. Okay, so... The point of that is to say, check out our playlist on Spotify. Also, please follow us on Twitter. I forgot to plug this. I can't believe I forgot to plug myself when I'm asking our guests to plug themselves. I guess that's I because my se- I guess that's because I'm codependent and I want to put others' needs over mine. What were you going to say, Carolina? Something about butt plugs or something? Yeah. So let's just move <laughs> past it. But follow us on Twitter. It's at True Romance Pod on Twitter. Follow us. I want true. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. To move back into the codependency conversation, I want to say... I thought Please. I thought about it when I was watching The Big Shot with Bethany, an excellent entrepreneurial competition show by HBO Max. I've been watching a lot of entrepreneurial shows recently because I watched Wall Street with Mark Wahlberg and now I'm watching The Big Shot with Bethany. I just feel like I'm getting into like business. I'm like becoming a business-minded person. I like sold some of my cryptocurrency. And I'm just really into the fact that I've becoming kind of like a girl boss entrepreneur right now. And easy part of that part of being a girl boss is watching the big shot with Bethany. But I relate to her so much because she's clearly codependent. And she, as we all know from her journey on the real housewives, she's clearly codependent. She tried to manage her relationship with Jason. It didn't work because he's toxic. She was very down with Jason. She was insecure, attached. He was avoidant. She was trying to attach to him. Totally get it. So she had to eliminate a contestant. Spoiler alert. She eliminates contestants. Um, but one of them, she like felt so guilty eliminating him that she hired him as her assistant. She was like, never mind, never mind. You know what? Like, okay, actually I want to hire you in a different way. The competition is like competing for a spot in her company. So she, one person couldn't even, she couldn't let go of him. So she just hired him. The next person she like eliminated but then like went into a spew of compliments and was like no no like oh my but you're amazing and you're amazing and i love you and like please and she starts like sobbing and the woman is like oh it's okay like i'm just grateful for the opportunity and she's like crying unstable and she was like i don't think i can do this like i don't think i can kick people off and i just thought that is me if i had a competition show which i probably will since i'm a girl boss now but i would not be able to like affect people's lives i don't even know if i can be a boss in general and have to like yell at people or fire people like well that's something i wanted to talk about is how much codependency blocks production like being productive yes so i just directed something for the first time yesterday and it was so much fun and something i realized in the in betwixt of in the mix of it all was that I had to be very clear and I simply did not have time to worry about how people felt Yeah, from direction. And that was really hard for me. Um, 
and rewarding and enlightening. But, but for instance, we had an actor who was doing something and it was totally fine, but I wanted to step in and say, uh, you're being a little too busy, cool it. But I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Right. And so instead, my version was like, we'll just me- we'll play with it in the edit. And I sort of I defended it to myself later by saying, well, I didn't want to make them self-conscious. There's some truth to that, but I but it also made me take a look at myself in terms of how much would I get done if I didn't worry about other people's feelings and let them take care of that themselves. Right. And I am always in awe when people aren't are just operating not terrified of someone else's feelings. I know. So yeah, like Bethany, when someone fires someone and they're like, they just simply can't, they're not doing the job. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, okay. Bethany, you're just not doing your job. Like, I know you made Skinny Girl. I know you made healthy mini muffins. I know you made popcorn that's somehow skinnier than regular popcorn, even though regular popcorn is just air. But you're failing. That's our message. I also think that you slowly become a liar. You say things that are okay when they're not okay just because you're scared that if you tell anyone the truth, it's a pain in the ass. And I know I've done this with you before, Devin, where I've avoided saying something or I've avoided saying like, I actually don't like that. Or I've avoided saying like, um, no, I I actually can't show up or any. I, I'm trying to remember the specifics, but I remember you looking at me and saying, why wouldn't you just tell me that? And me being like, I don't know. Yes, I will say that some of our work relationship stuff that we've been through has made me want to work on my own codependency because on the other side of it and it's no offense to you it's like I do the exact same thing and this made me look at myself but it just is so confusing it's like wait are you saying you like it or you don't are you saying you want to do it or you don't are you saying like it's just very yes muddy and I that those experiences have made me realize like why do I do this to other people I just need to tell people because I'll do that with the simplest things like what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, We could do that. Um, Oh, okay, sure. And it's like, I don't want that for dinner. Now I'm eating something I don't want for dinner. When a question was just simply asked and I just added confusion by being like, well, we could do this or I don't know, we could do that. It's a time consuming. Yes. You're wasting time. You're wiffle waffling. Yeah. Telling the truth is just easier. And B, you get annoyed and Either the person that you're, you know, being wishy-washy over is getting annoyed. So if you're, if you are, you're concerned about their feelings, basically, they're going to get annoyed. Right. <laughs> if you're that so concerned that you're being that confusing or you people please them and then, you know, take it back later. Also, you get annoyed, you know, like, so say you agree. I've done this a lot where I'll agree to something that I should have said no to. So it can be as simple as. Once I gave someone my macaroni and cheese because they asked if there was any left. There simply was not because that was going to be my bowl. And instead of saying, no, I'm sorry, we don't have any left. I said, yeah, sure. And then I literally gave them the death stare as they ate it. Yeah. And it was like, wait, I my boyfriend at the time was like, wait, then why did you not say anything? And I couldn't simply say because I'd rather be hungry than someone else feel uncomfortable and and that's not me being selfless that's me 
being just wildly codependent and uncomfortable with anyone's feelings. But then, you know, um, people have compared it to like you're a door if you're a doormat, you're a doormat, you're a doormat, and then suddenly out of nowhere, you take that doormat and you slap someone in the face with it. Yeah. No, I remember and- you told me that story and I was kind of like like you told me it as like, can you believe how annoying this is that this person ate my food? And I remember I said something similar where I was like, well, but you said he could have it. Like, <laughs> but I do the exact same thing where then I'm like, you know, I'll be like, well, of course I had to drop everything and go meet up with this person. But the question yes. is, why? Why did you have to drop everything? You actually didn't have to. And I remember you actually were the one who gave me the advice a long time ago where you said people pleasing is selfish. Like it feels like a a selfless act, like you said, to be like, okay, like, yes, whatever you want, whatever you want. But in reality, I'm choosing my own fear of discomfort over honesty. Like I'm just choosing. I want to avoid discomfort, avoid discomfort, avoid discomfort. And it's selfish because it adds confusion to a situation where there could be clarity. And you get annoyed, like you pay for dinner. For instance, you pay for dinner all the time or you pay for lifts all the time or whatever, you know, you you pay for a trip because you're worried that they're unhappy. Right. You do all this and you think that you're being cool, fun, girlfriend. What you're really (laughs) being, if you check your motives, is controlling. So I think that if I pay for dinner all the time, for instance, then you will act happy and in love with me when really you'll act like yourself and then if i'm not doing it purely out of the kindness of my own heart if i'm not doing it because i'm just like yeah let me pay for dinner i would love to if i'm doing it to somehow have false a false idea of control over the relationship then when we get into a fight then when they're not acting the way i would like them to i'm like well guess what i pay for dinner all the fucking time Listen, I don't really talk that way anymore, and I haven't since my early 20s, but it is that thing of, no, I did that for free. Yeah. They they didn't ask me to. And even if they did, I did it. I made that choice. So there's plenty of times where I've gotten annoyed at someone, and I've had to go back and look and say, well, like, did they ask for that birthday present? You know, did they ask for that trip? Um, did... I, I even if they did, was I like, I really don't want to? Or was I like, of course, let me get it. Yeah. And in that case, I can't be mad at them because I have to really look at my part and say like, no, I freely gave this. And, um, you know, I, I had a friend get really mad because uh, in my early 20s, after uh, a boyfriend and I broke up, I asked for a birthday present back. I was like, I'm going to need this present back. And they were like, um, okay. And my friend at the time was like, wait, you can't ask for presents back that you gave them like a year ago. Yeah. But it was a topless picture of myself. So oh. they were like, okay, you can yeah, ask no, for that no, one no, back, no, I no. guess. Yeah. That, okay. Whoa. Yeah. Avoiding revenge porn is always okay and acceptable. I don't think a picture of me getting naked in a photo booth that was framed would have ended up on the internet. Okay, I don't think that you want to end up like Mila Kunis in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where her ex hung up that picture in the bathroom and there was nothing she could do about it. So, yeah. 
Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the definitions of codependency because I think that it is kind of a weird term. Like, I think the way that it gets colloquially used and the way I often think of it is just like, I need to be around people all the time or like, I want to be around my boyfriend all the time or I want to be around my friends all the time. And then when I looked up the dictionary definition, I was kind of shocked because it's basically like the the physical reliance on a partner who requires support for an illness or addiction. So I guess that's like the scientific definition is like the enabling partner of someone who has an addiction. Then I was reading about it in psychology today. <laughs> wow, girl yeah. boss. Um, I was just doing some light reading in psychology today, like I often do. I'm just kidding. I often... It's a movie montage <laughs> in like a library where Devin's like... <laughs> I, I put my magnifying <laughs> glass on books. and I'm reading the archives of psychology history. Yes, that is something that I am wont to do. No, but I found this interesting article where this woman, Ann Smith, wrote that she doesn't really like the term codependency. And she writes, quote, I have found it more helpful for my clients to view this pattern, in parentheses, codependency, through the lens of insecure attachment. Any good parent is going to feel anxious or insecure if a child is in distress. To aid our survival, we are wired to love and protect. If we are basically secure otherwise, we will still have a strong reaction when our children or loved ones are threatened. Similar reactions occur when we lose significant relationship. That is normal, not codependent. Um, so she's basically saying that like, we shouldn't minimize so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Like, and I think people who do think of themselves as codependent, like myself and you, like we do, we are people who tend to be really hard on ourselves anyway and like blame ourselves anyway. Um, so I just thought this was really interesting where it's basically like an insecure attachment can be born out of like the way you're raised, you know, like you, you, you could have this like core wound that makes you kind of a more fearful and secure person. And then the way your partner reacts um, triggers that fear and insecurity in you. But I think she's basically saying also like when you love someone, you are, it makes sense for you to become insecure when you don't think they're okay. Um, and I think certain people have a healthy toolkit to be like, okay, I don't know if they're okay, but all I can do is focus on myself. Yes. And others of us, don't have that which is like i don't have that which is like <laughs> i do not understand but well my friend put it really well once and it was basically i i couldn't find my shoes and i casually was sort of like oh i can't find my shoes and my older sister who's always been taking care of me was like okay i know where they are and went to go get them and my friend watching this said, you're never going to know where your shoes are because she will always know <laughs> where your shoes are. Right. So I could always relax because I was like, oh, I don't know. But someone always finds them. Not realizing like my sister was in the position to take care of me. And so she knew where my shoes are. So this may sound very vague and a random example. But what I'm trying to say by that is I love that Ann Smith wrote that because A, um, I do worry about people who aren't okay. And yeah. I think it's funny that there's, and I know we talk about it on the pod a lot, there's sometimes this idea of exes, only, the only thing you feel is schadenfreude. Like, oh, I hope they trip and fall in the dirt and right. all this stuff. 
When in reality, I know you've experienced this too. Like, there's a lot of worry and just love. Yes. Where you're like, I hope they're okay. You know, like, oh my God. When, you know, when people talk to me about um, exes, I don't like it when they're like, oh, how do you feel about this? I hope they see this. I'm like, I don't want them to feel bad. Right. I do still feel protective over them. And I think that that's what Ann Smith is getting at. Like, it's normal to want someone to feel good that you love and to be protective over them. Right. But what I think you and I do and a lot of people I know do is A, obsess and B, try to even mentally do gymnastics to handle situations that really aren't our responsibility. Right. So basically when I'm in a relationship, I really think about how they should handle certain situations and worry about certain situations as if I'm the one who needs to find a solution. Right. Like thinking that making ourselves responsible for things we're not basically and thinking that we are like some omnipotent person who has to take care of everyone when really like, thank God we're not that. Because if you and I were really like so powerful that we could control everyone's decisions, then I think everyone would be... um just watching YouTube videos from Britney and Kevin chaotic on MTV <laughs> all day. Um, and you know, life just like the, the government would fall apart, you know, like the government would the be run would by be dogs. There would even just, more distraught. <laughs> everyone in America would be required to have a puppy and it just would be bad. Um, no, I think that um, it's also like this past year has been just like really hard on codependent people. It's like or insecure people. And it's just like there we were dealing with a disease that was like you actually are responsible for the health and safety of others. And that totally messed with my mind. Or I was like, OK, now I'm like, if I don't wash my hands, I am. Um, I'm going to kill someone. Yeah. Which is like that. I don't I I don't know. We don't have to go into that. But you know what I mean? It's like this whole past year has been even more stressful for everyone, for everyone with every condition. Um, That's why I was so impressed. And our friend Holly has talked about it before. I was amazed and amazed in the bad way. I'm I'm using that um, to mean horrified. I was, I thought it was incredible how little concern some people showed over the humans around them i know so i would walk by someone who had a mask off and be concerned that maybe particles flew through my nose and through my mask and got to them somehow and then what if they're dead i when people were at parties or were throwing things or were getting on planes after bachelorette weekends I was like, am I going insane? I know. Am I the crazy one who just is scared all the time that I'm going to get someone sick or that someone's going to get me sick and then I'm going to get my mom sick? Like, what in God's name? It was just a year of gaslighting nonstop on every level. What I also gather, though, from that Ann Smith thing, and I think a larger headline of it, is that you're not crazy all the time. Yeah. So as women, I think we, knowing that we have codependent tendencies, we don't have to be like, oh, I'm such a mess. I'm so nuts. I know. It's a lot of thinking about your partner doesn't have to be misogynistic or crazy or codependent. It's really when it gets into that level of, of obsession. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot this past week. I think what it comes down to is like, I am a, 
obsessive person. I just have an obsessive mind. And um, what what that means is that my mind is always looking for something to latch on to that I can like think about for the whole day, basically. And the easiest thing to latch on to is fear. And my core fears are basically that I'm like not good enough. So or that like that I'm not good enough or that, you know, people are mad at me or people don't like me or people are not going to be okay. And the people I love aren't going to be okay. So my, my mind just like attaches to those things. And I've been trying to, you know, I'm seeking spiritual help for that. But in the meantime, one of the most helpful things for me to do in response to that is redirect that energy because like that's actually a positive thing like the fact that I'm obsessive I think is what makes me so good at what I do it makes me like a really yes. creative person it, it it does make me a good friend a lot of the time and a good um you know family member and all that stuff so that stuff is good if I direct it the right way so I've just been trying this past week to like redirect to something that's really productive like being helpful being productive doing work like whatever instead of just obsessing over things that I can't control. I really like that you said that. I I think I feel that way about empathy. Yeah. The most empathetic people I know struggle with this. Yeah. But they're also the most empathetic people I know. So I don't think it should be easy to fire someone. I think that should be something you really have to think long and hard about because you know you're making a decision that's affecting someone's life. Right. But I don't think like Bethany, you should hire people if they're not needed just because that does lead to resentment. That is uh, people pleasing. That's, you know, not giving that person the dignity of their own path, etc. But I... You know, I, I do think it, it's really kind to think about others' feelings. I I think that, like you, though, I will always find something to be in fear about. And I'm trying to move on from that in this new phase of my life. I really have been scared for most of my life. And that's, um, some of that is like trauma stuff. Um. And but some of that is just how my brain works, you know. Yeah, I, I, uh, if I watch my thoughts, they usually go to fear. Should I wear this today? What if I get a stain on it? What if it doesn't look good? Oh my gosh, what is this person thinking about me? Is it weird that I was two minutes late to work? Am I going to get fired? What else am I going to do if I get fired? It's kind of nonstop, and I remember a yoga teacher once said your your brain is like a dog it just needs a bone and I was like I need a bone ha 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 whole class laughs I'm kidding I never said anything like that but (laughs) anyone who wants to be like a stand-up comic in like a place where you should be quiet is like my moral enemy yeah anyone who's like yeah I mean, that's kind of how I feel about Jim from The Office. I'm like, why are you trying so hard to make the fucking jokes? I'm having a hard time with The Office right now because it's I'm in season four. It's going downhill. I just, oh, Angela and yeah. Dwight broke up. I They're toxic now. I just, whatever. But I'm just like sick of Jim being like, oh, my little joke here. Like, ugh. Anyway. I want true romance. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Well, I to wrap stuff up on that portion, I just want to know what my life would look like if I wasn't scared all the time. Yeah. And that's something a friend sent to me once where she was like, what would this look like with no fear? And sometimes that's just impossible for me to imagine. Yeah. But at least it's a fun thought exercise because it's so outside the box for me. I know. And like it helps with decision making. But yeah, I really can't picture it. It's hard for me to like I just constantly put my fears onto people around me. Like I'm like, wait, like everything you were just saying, like I was two minutes to work. Do you think that's bad? Like that's something I like just ask random people around me <laughs> because I'm like, wait, was that bad? Like, do you think it was weird? OK, so I was in a conversation and I said something and I think the person took it the wrong way. Is that weird? And it's like, why am I making human beings responsible for the um, absolute uh, twisted and tangled snake's nest that is my brain? Um, That's so something I do. And there's very specific people I lean on, like you, my family. That's pretty much it. But um. (laughs) (laughs) okay, I'll take the brunt of it. I'm happy to. But isn't it interesting First of all, I think that's normal. I think it's normal to say like, oh, I said this to this person. Do you think they were offended? Do you think I should apologize? Like, I I think there's good. I think it's good to have people like that you should check in with. But sometimes I can use it like a binky or like a security blanket where I'm literally asking them. (laughs) You know what? I hate that word. Okay. Then use security blanket, Devin. Okay. Um. Devin, do you think it's weird that I said the word binky? Yes. Like, yes. Edit it out. I think it's so tiring for other people. I'm specifically thinking of my poor mother who I'm always being like, okay, so I'm thinking X, Y, and Z. Okay, so now my fear is this. Okay, so now my fear is this. And my poor mom just looks tired sometimes answering she, all she these questions. She goes through a lot. Yeah, she goes through a lot. She's like, no, yes, I don't know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> 
But you know what? True romance listeners, if you want to put your fears on us, put them in our DMs. We'll take them. Please. We love them. Email truromancepod at gmail.com. Leave them in our reviews when you rate us five stars, please. Um, Add them to us on Twitter. Put them in our replies. And listen to our Spotify playlist. And that wasn't a plug. I was just being helpful. I was just trying to be helpful to you guys. So if you think that was me advertising all of our social media platforms and asking you to please rate and review and subscribe, that's not what that was. But I'm sorry you were confused. Yes, please always be in contact with us. And like we said, you're not crazy. Relationships aren't bad to think about. We just want you also to have a life. Thank you, True Romance listeners. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Hans. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, God. Thank you, India. Thank you, Paris. Thank you, Silence. Tune in next week. (laughs) We'll catch you next time on True Romance. Love you, Devin. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.